Welcome to the USL show. It is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network, and we are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Thanks for tuning in today. It's a special interview with uh, Jeremy Allenbaugh from St. Louis FC. And um, I do repeat this later, but I'll say now, so you know before we get going here, that half of this interview is going to be on the USL show, but the full interview will be on St. Louis STL Soccer Report. So um, if you want to hear specific stuff about St. Louis or you don't mind hearing about that in the second half, then uh, go on over to that feed. Uh, If you don't follow it, it's easy to find on on, uh, bgn.fm. Um, just like all of our other shows and all of our written content is all there for MLS and USL, even uh, Premier League. We've we've been growing and growing and growing. So um, that's something I hope you guys all check out. So, um, yeah, everything else is covered in the interview. I hope you enjoy this one. I'm glad USL folks like the broad strokes guys get to uh, hear Jeremy for the first time on the USL show. So I hope you enjoy Okay, I'm with Jeremy Allenbaugh again. Uh, we've been able to do this, uh, I think this is like four years now. Not every single year, because uh, I started a year late there, but I think we're up to like a fourth going into the season interview. So thanks for joining me again. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate the chance to, to chat here for a bit. Yeah, and, and um, I may have said it already, but um, Jeremy is the vice president and GM of St. Louis FC. I say that to clarify because You've never been on the USL show, and so we're going to do half of this for the USL show and then put the rest on uh, STL Soccer Report. So I hope everybody enjoys enjoys that today. Um, and I'm excited because we got lucky. I got lucky. Um, Brian Shredda did a, an interview with Jake Edwards, just posted this morning, actually. So I was last minute bringing up my notes to uh, talk about a few more topics. So, uh, so we'll do the first half kind of chatting about the whole league, maybe a little soccer talk here and there, and then uh, we'll take a break and, and talk about St. Louis FC. And um, so, yeah, let's talk about, um, I'm basically going to follow that article, everything that seems to apply to, to you personally in St. Louis, especially. And um, the uh, first thing they brought up was the restructuring of the league and all the names and things that came out. So uh, how are you feeling about that so far and, and how it's going? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, the branding is uh, is sharp. I think the league put some thought into it and tried to come up with something that was going to, you know, as they said, and Jake said in that interview, is make sense to maybe some markets where a new team comes in. So if a League One team comes into, I don't know, I don't want to say a city because then I'll get in trouble, right? <laughs> there, what have you, people yeah. suggest, but comes into a, an appropriate city of for League One, you know, then it's easy to explain, easier to explain kind of where things fit in. Um, of course, you're going to have people say, well, it doesn't matter because there's not Pro-Rel or this and that. But I think, you know, it does kind of lay out the structure, um, kind of shows the pathway, so to speak, for a player. And I think a lot of this is about the player. I think that's going to be a common theme that we talk about here uh, today. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's sharp. Not a big fan of the, uh, of the beige, so to speak. People call it <laughs> yeah. a little bit sharper goal. But I think overall, the league did a really good job. Yeah, maybe they can kind of gradient that up over yeah. to a real goal every year. Um, I feel you there. Um, one thing we talked about the last time we talked, which was a, a few months ago, I believe, um, you were going to keep your eyes on FC Tucson and Phoenix and kind of how they operate together. And can you talk about, is there any more information about how they're going to roll over there? Well, since this is on the USL show, and uh, I know our buddy Sam listens, I'm not going <laughs> to throw out any secrets here. But sure. um no, it's definitely a project that we're keeping our eyes on. I think it's um, it's interesting, you know, how that's gonna come together. I think they're still figuring some things out. Obviously, they got Darren announced as a coach, and 
a bunch of changes there, so I think they're going to have some, some good synergies between the two. Um, and I think there's going to be clubs like us and a few others that are keeping an eye on, on that out there. And is that something that makes sense down the road for more leagues that are in the championship? Um, you know, the loaning rules and, and some things and, and how does that work and you know, where the budgets kind of land up. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a really good project for everybody to kind of, you know, see mm -hmm. uh, what that connection and, and what that pathway can look like for those guys. But, you know, credit to them for taking the step and, and the leap there. And I think, uh, you know, over time, it'll be interesting to see how that comes together and where some other good fits might be. I think naturally, you've already seen kind of one up in Wisconsin with Peter's group there with That's the right. uh, forward Madison and then the Green Bay thing at a different level, right? So between that PDL or League Two and, and League One. So I think uh, we're going to see more and more of that in the future. And then <coughs> they also affiliated with uh, Minnesota United. Correct. So yeah, yeah there's, there's a three-level jump there. Um, so they get to kind of be the uh, the guinea pigs for us all, it looks like. Do you know any idea about the, I think I talked to someone in the league about how the loaning laws will mimic MLS to USL. Is there anything in place yet that you know of? In terms of between the championship and League One? Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I don't, um, to be honest, I don't. Something that is on our radar uh, for our technical meetings yeah. down in Orlando in January to ask because, you know, we know St. Louis FC, specifically with a smaller roster, is going to need some loan opportunities throughout the year and mm -hmm. I spent yesterday at a combine up in Detroit uh, watching players that uh, I think a lot of them will end up in League One. There's a lot of League One teams there yesterday and we're having conversations. Nice. We've spoken to every team in that league, uh, independent team so to speak, about what their 2019 season looks like and we've uh, helped identify some players, maybe even place a player there uh, or two. So we need to uh, get some of those answers here in January. Um, as that kind of comes in, into play because I think it could be something that we would look to utilize, you know, um, whether it's sending somebody there from us or on short term or long term or kind of placing a, you know, first year guy there that maybe came from our academy that we're not ready to sign. Mm -hmm. Maybe he gets placed somewhere and then, um, you know, we have an opportunity to bring them up and train or play with us. So uh, it's exciting, really, really exciting. As somebody who's lived in that youth world, for a long time before coming in here, these are things that we dreamed about, <laughs> and, and now it's uh, now we're finally taking some steps. Feel the same way as a fan. I'm excited to see it go both ways. Hopefully, um, we've seen a lot of things happen with two sides, uh, MLS two sides, I should say, playing in championship, and uh, we've seen a couple drop down. But we've also seen some um, seen the younger players that sometimes we used to complain about getting so much time, seeing that play pay off this year, especially more so than other years, and so. Um, as a GM um, and as GMs around the league that you talk to, is there a difference in how GMs see the league as far as is it annoying that, that all these kids are there in that league and that you know the, the crowd experience isn't necessarily there but, but they're succeeding in other ways? Um, is, th is that conversation one that's morphing throughout uh, USL as well and what the goal is, ultimate goal is of what it should look like? Yeah, so there's a lot of different questions in that question, so I'll try. Oh, yeah, to sorry. Okay. <laughs> I do that. I do the same thing. So um, <laughs> I'll try to just break it down. Look, I can only speak uh, for myself and, and the direction that we have here. We enjoy the opportunity to play against him on two sides. Um, a, it's uh, you know uh, typically quality environments, quality operations and setups, and everybody has a different one, and everybody's approach is different. So I think on the technical side. That keeps our staff on their toes, right? And preparing for those games. Sometimes you might see this lineup, depending on when you play them, and then 
then maybe you see a different lineup the next time you find based on where things fall. So I think it's it's a challenge and it's good. Um, I see the other side of it too, uh, where you know fans have frustrations where maybe we play against a team that maybe skewed a little bit younger on this date, and then somebody else played the same team and they dropped down some guys for some minutes. I get that, but look, that happens. That happens in the world. It happens in the NHL where you know guys. San Antonio speaking with the Blues, right? They mm-hmm. get picked up here because Fabry's out and so on. So, so it, it's just it's just the world. And you know, I, I understand the frustration, but I think we need to take a step back and say, okay, we're trying to grow the game here. Um, and I think the league, to their credit, USL has taken some really good steps um, to maybe clean up some of the things that happened early on in the relationship. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have any complaints about that. Good facilities. Um, you know, so I think everybody looks at it at it differently. But I think um, you know it's been good for the league to have some of those guys that you can track and you can follow when they first come in and maybe play as a as a young USL player in the MLS two team and then progress to the first team or what have you. So you just have to look at it and, uh, through the different lenses, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for that. Uh, and, uh, what is it? A, a tweet was done. It was put out by a guy named Tony Mar- Marinaro. And um, I freaked out at first, and then I've kind of calmed down since then. But I'm, I've been really curious about your thoughts on generally the idea. He said that MLS has seriously considered their own U19 league, meaning they would pull out of USSDA, uh, which St. Louis FC is a part of, right? Correct. Which has been taking huge strides, and you know, a lot's been happening with USSDA. Um, I'm just kind of curious if that were to happen, theoretically. Um, this is just a rumor at this point. But if that were to happen, um, how would that affect the league in your eyes, in your academy in your eyes? That's a great question. Uh, so we've heard these rumors and we've been a part of these rumors for, for years. So um, the fact that it popped up again, maybe there's more legs to it. I mean, there's you know, some conversations that have happened and some things that we're privy to, um, but it's, this isn't uh, something that's new. This has been talked about since MLS Academy really started to emerge and really started to drive player development in their own markets and then they've expanded and, and recruiting into other markets. So in terms of you know, what would do the overall lead, it's going to change it um, if it happens. Uh, it's going to change it, I think, in terms of that, that level of play in those games. I think in certain parts of the country, it'll change the number of games. If you look in the Midwest, we would, uh, if it would occur, we would lose games versus Columbus Crew versus Chicago Fire and versus Toronto FC. So first and foremost, we have to replace those games. Does that mean they merge conferences? What would they do? We don't know. We're not sure. Um, you know, But I think this is something that, because it's been out there for years, and MLS has their own GA Cup that they do in certain birth years, and they've always done, is clubs like us and clubs that are um, you know, really about developing that player and about pushing that pathway, Soccer's FC, um, Patiodoras, clubs that are you know, involved, and really trying to produce players, whether they have a pro team like us or Soccer's FC in Chicago doesn't. Um, we've been working on some projects, doing some things, you know, together. Whether that's uh, you know a player come down to train with our first team, get friendly set up, yeah. doing different things. So we'll adjust. Uh, I think that's a key in the youth development landscape in the United States. Is you you better be able to adjust, and you better uh, have some plans and some ideas. We tweak things how we do. Um, already in terms of you know how we do our preseason, what do we do during that winter break, you know, trying to get games against college teams as much as we can for our academy, 
Um, you know, bringing we talked about bringing our academy team perhaps uh, with us on our preseason trip for a week and let them maybe play against some different teams or some reserves and some things that way. So you're always evolving, and if this occurs, it's just something else that we're going to have to adjust to. We can't can't cry about it. We can't throw our hands up and say, oh, well, we're done with the DA or we're done with this. It doesn't make sense. Um, and we just have to be ready to adjust. We can't get caught blindsided about it either. So we have to we have to be prepared. And you know, I think us and other clubs are working on some things to you know help continue developing players. Yeah, and, and my thoughts broad stroke. Part of my worry was, and it was almost confirmed when, in some ways, only in some ways, that when I listened to this uh, interview, um, the coach, the new coach for Tulsa Roughnecks, I didn't write any of this info down, was on a podcast, so I forgot what podcast that was. Um, but he was talking to them and they were asking, they didn't know much about the United States system, and they mentioned how, you know, is it like England here where we have the major clubs who get all the best players and they put all the money into their academies and then anything outside of that fails miserably at that point. So, of course, that's an extreme, but is that something where maybe the rich is getting richer, that you could see that happening and, and the gap broadening as far as a level of play? Could you see that happening if that were to occur? I think it's hard to say that it, that it wouldn't occur. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think, look, it, some people say rich get richer, other people will say, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats or whatever, mm -hmm. the, you know, blah, 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 the same is there. I think what it does is it forces everybody to, uh, to do a better job. Um, and look, we've got to do a better job here being a, what we feel, a high-level, high-performing academy that's not a, an MLS academy. We've had to change our game. We've had mm -hmm. to tweak some things. We've had to put more resources into it. We've had to uh, provide a better pathway for players so we can uh, show players that this is a good pathway for them. And then it's up to them if they choose to do so or if they, they look for other avenues. So, um, and other you know clubs that aren't in MLS and the DA have had to do the same. And if you don't, you're not going to last, and that's okay. Hmm. You know, uh, I think uh, you know I think it just forces things to be better. But you know, I think there the gap has opened up a little bit. I mean, when we played in the playoffs last year, New York City FC, there was a difference between playing them and playing Sacramento Republic. And hmm. I'm sure Sacramento Republic would say the same, right? There's a difference between playing FC Dallas and playing St. Louis FC. Um, now it's our job to continue to tighten that gap, tighten that gap, and um, I can only speak for what we're doing, and I think our academy staff and through the guidance of our first team staff, we're doing a really good job of that, but it's a natural concern. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's wrong. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I think the only wonder that I was talking to a few other people about it is if we had an open system like England does, like perhaps even if you do get a leg up and you do have several years in a row where you're doing well, you can move up, you know, and then eventually you can be one of those dominant clubs. That's the other thing is we don't have that per se here. And so uh, it's another problem perhaps I see with that. Yeah, uh, the only thing I would say um, to go along with that is there are professional clubs and even some youth clubs in other countries that make a living on producing players. Hmm. And they're never going to be Man City. They're never going to be Barcelona but they're going to provide players to those places. And everybody finds their pecking order, and I hmm. think that has occurred in the States. I think it's going to continue to occur. Um, there are youth clubs that were very, very strong 15, 20 years ago um, at, quote-unquote, winning. And now maybe they're uh, producing players um, for MLS markets or for other DA markets. Um, everybody just kind of finds their spot, and I think that's 
happens naturally. Mm -hmm. I think it also happens a little bit based upon the resources that people are willing to put time into. So again, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's mm -hmm. just reality. Thanks for diving into the weeds on that one. That's one that I really wanted to geek out on, so thanks. Um, but that does lead us to, you know, USL academies are on the way, and that's something Jake's been seemingly kind of encouraging to happen around the league. You guys, as far as I can tell, um, I'm a little biased, but you guys might be the best resource for these people to figure out the best way to go about that, especially uh, considering several things that you just said. Um, are guys coming to you saying, hey, we're about to do what you're going to do, or our goal is to become you, um, happening as far as USL championship sides and lower? Yeah, this is a project that the league has been you know, working on steadily here for you know, the last couple of years. Uh, those conversations have taken place. Uh, our good friends down in Oklahoma City, uh, with the energy as they've kind of grown their youth landscape, mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time on the phone with them and, and emails and visiting. We've helped out other sides. Uh, as well. Um, I think there are a number of USL championship sides uh, that do a great job uh, at the youth level. Uh, North Carolina FC, uh, Sacramento mm -hmm. has really uh, come in and done a good job ourselves and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting about some others uh, as well. Pittsburgh Riverhounds, uh, the work they have done, the boys ECNL has really, you know, they're not a DA club but they have really come in and put a lot of work in there. So um, yes, people do reach out to us as resources. San Antonio, their project and what they've been able to do has been really fascinating to see that build up and they're obviously getting some players yeah. into their first team similar to us. So very similar. Uh, you know, credit to them. So I think there is a lot of going on. When you look at the USL Academy uh, initiative, and I'm on the committee, uh, the league has hired a new uh, a new director there for that as well. And we have a meeting in, down in uh, Orlando in early January uh, as part of the MLS combine and USL technical meetings and such. So there's a lot of initiatives that are happening. When you look at it, everybody does it differently. You know, Orange County, they've done a great job with their affiliate program and bringing on some partner youth clubs and they put together a team from those partner clubs. They went to the Dallas Cup last year and they did a great job. Uh, you have kind of standalone academies like ourselves. It'll be interesting to see what Louisville City's gonna do. What's Mario gonna put together there? Mm -hmm. Is it gonna be uh, an affiliate tech based model? They're gonna try to do their own thing? Are they gonna partner with somebody? So there's so many different ways to do it. And then there's some USL championship clubs that right now are like, you know what, this is great. We understand the importance of it, but we're not ready to step you know, step into that world of, of new soccer yet or player development yet. Um, so everybody's at a different stage, but the league is adamant about it. I think they understand that in order for us to truly become involved in the world market, uh, clubs have to have pathways for younger players. And um, it's, a, it's a big initiative. But it's just a very difficult one because the size of our country, all the different levels that are involved, you got some clubs that play at this level and the, at the youth level, and some that play under this organization and some yeah. under this. So it's hard, but I think the league will come together um, and we will we'll have some exciting things to announce here um, in the coming months. Very cool. Um, does Louisville, are they building their academies? Do they have one? Yeah, so Mario Sanchez left SIU Edwardsville to go down there. Oh, um, wow. And, uh, that's part of what his role will be. So, yeah, exciting times uh, for them down there and see what they put together. So, And they got Hackworth there to yeah. guide them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some guys that have been involved at the, uh, at the youth levels, um, you know, the college level and different things. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, really an exciting time for sure. Yeah, I missed that a little bit. So that's cool. Um, you know, that leads us to something we've talked about a lot, which is um, in the past solidarity payments. You know, I think another thing I was freaking about too early about um, 
a long time ago was when KC was kind of claiming the homegrown rights for uh, Josh Sargent. And right. We've all seen right. where he's gone. And you know, you mentioned being USL academies hopefully becoming part of the world market. That's a good example. And a good example of why we're not a minor league sport in a lot of ways, uh, one of many reasons. But um, in that article I mentioned with Jake Edwards, he mentioned solidarity payments and that he's basically for them, uh, which was probably the biggest thing in that article. And um, that he says that perhaps he's gonna have conversations with the MLS that maybe they can get in line with each other or not, we'll see. Um, but he's for it, that's huge news. And that's huge for a club like this, who's already got a hold like we just talked about. So. I imagine you're for it. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, I think uh, anything that can that can help clubs that develop players reinvest into uh, developing players, I think, is a is a huge thing. You know, currently, what we've been able to do is just rely on relationships um, and rely on the players that we produce, um, you know, trusting that the club did a good job for them, and, mm -hmm. and allowing the club to. Um, you know, to just be a part of their next step and whether that's us, you know, uh, recognizing Josh Sargent at a game or staying in touch with him or obviously he started a scholarship here, you know, that's for right. a living legacy in his name. I mean, those are little things that players and Tim Ream has done things for the club have been able to, to do just to, to stay a part of where they came from. Um, you know, but there's a lot of changes and a whole bunch of stuff that has to occur, but I think if we can get to that point, I think we can really see the game uh, continue to grow. We know, uh, look, we're we're a partial pay-to-play model with mm -hmm. our DA. Um, we subsidize and we put a, a lot of investment dollar-wise and resources into our DA, um, but our kids still do still do have uh, some fees that they pay. Um, we try to ensure that, a, that nobody uh, is turned away um, because of financial resources, and we know that we could do even a better job and know build on our programming we're just dipping our toe into some of the things in the city that we need to do more of and some sure. recruiting and outreach um, and this could be a big piece that would that would allow us to do even more of that because um, we know that's the, the next step the next part of the evolution um, so solidarity payments could be uh, could be a, a big part of that um, you know so time will tell mm. uh, I'm glad to hear you you touch on that as well uh, something I care a lot about personally um, but another alternative to that, that that we just saw in League One with uh, North Texas SC is Ricardo Pepe just signed as a 15-year-old for a four-year pro deal, right? So no college. He definitely chose one over the other, but he's also held by the club for four years. And if he sells before then, I think they get all the money. It's a USL contract. So um, is that something you've considered, you know, if, if Aiden Stanley or, um, Mayor or Jack Mayer was to come here next year? and decide to sign a pro contract, would you try to get more years perhaps to p perhaps sell them on to someone else? I think you have to look at, at the value of younger players and you have to look at the value of, of players in general. And that's something the league has really stressed on us is you know, we have to make sure we're looking at our players as, um, as an investment and not an expense. Mm. Look, that's a good attitude to have in business in general, right? Yeah. You don't want to look at your employees as, oh, it's an expense. It's an investment in your, in your company, in your club, your organization. And that's something the league has really been hammering in on, on teams, and I, I think it's uh, I think it's changed some some viewpoints of some things that way. For us specifically, again, for St. Louis FC, um, we're counting down the days till we can sign our first quote-unquote youth guide to a pro contract. Mm -hmm. we, um, we've worked on a lot of things, and there's a lot that goes into it because realistically, for someone from from our club to say, you know what, I'm not going to go to school X, Y, or Z. I'm going to sign with St. Louis FC. It would have to be a longer-term deal, for sure. 
Um, there would have to be an education initiative as part of it. So we have done our research. We have some partnerships in place with some local schools that when we get to that opportunity, we can step into it. And we've had some, you know, light conversations with some kids in our academy about, you know, here's some other opportunities. And that day's coming. I can't tell you if it's going to be 2019 or 2021, mm -hmm. um, but that day is coming for sure for St. Louis FC and some other you know, clubs in our league have already done it. Orange County has done it with a young player. And mm -hmm. now you said uh, North Texas is their name, right? Yeah. With the, the Dallas League One initiative. So it's coming. It's going to happen. Um, these things just take time, but we, again, have done a lot of legwork. So when we do it, it can be done right. Because if, if you go back, and everybody wants to talk about all this homegrown and youth initiative and all that stuff, if you go back and look at the track record, there are a lot of um, opportunities that kids took that maybe didn't fall into place and maybe you know, they fell out or what have you. Um, so you have to do it right and you have to make sure that players are prepared and families are prepared. And so we're doing that work now. Uh, so when these things come about, we, we, can, we can step into that arena. It's exciting. I mean, it's... Hmm. I'm like you, I geek out on that stuff yeah. when I see what other clubs are doing at this side and I kind of look at our, some of our younger ones down the road and say, okay, he could be a candidate or he could be a candidate for different reasons and, um, you know, looking forward to when we can do that. Yeah, and I know you've, I mean, starting with Aiden, of course, Aiden Stanley, he was already playing with, uh, with uh, training at least at 15 um, with the senior side. I know I talked to uh, Blake about that, the academy director. Uh, about how you've skewed younger and younger as far as getting them some experience there. So, yeah, I can. So we had a meeting on Monday. Luis, uh, our director of coaching for the academy, U19 coach, uh, Blake Decker, the academy director, myself, um, and Anthony, and we specifically looked at okay, who are the guys that are going to be with us um, first day of preseason and that we're banking on, and then who are the next kind of set of guys that we need to get in occasionally so they can start to get acclimated to the pro environment. The last thing you want to do, and look, we've, we've learned this lesson, um, is, you know, that uh, you can't just drop somebody in there and say, okay, you're in, let's go, let's see what you can do. You have to ease them into it. You have to, um, you know, give them some opportunities to experience it. And uh, so that's on, our, that's on our, our list. And we have some guys that we're gonna get some opportunities here this spring and leading into the summer. That won't be full-time academy players uh, with us. But we'll get in there, you know, a couple of times to see how they adjust, how they develop. So it's uh, it is skewing younger and younger for sure. More on that later if you want to stick around for the STL Soccer Report side of this. Um, but uh, the, another thing they mentioned, a big news this year was the USL Players Association was announced, and so uh, that's going to affect your job quite a bit, I imagine. And if if not even this year, then I imagine down the road. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about how that's going to affect you? You know, again, hard to say. Uh, all I know is that um, I think the league and, and this uh, this group of players that represent the players now, the USLPA, I think um, you know things uh, have started off really, really strong. I think Jake Edwards' statement uh, that you know the fact that we you know, voluntarily uh, recognize mm -hmm. them. Um, look, this is just a, a growth of, of the sport and of our game, and as the league has grown and the game has grown, you know, things like this are going to continue to. To come up, and I think um, anything that's going to push the game forward is, is positive. Definitely. Um, this is a big one for St. Louis. Uh, I got lots of tweets when this was announced. We're going east again. Five years, five separate conferences. Eastbound and down. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, we're not going down. Hopefully, we're going to. Well, yes, please. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that's happening. Um, I imagine that's going to affect your off-season plans. You always say that there's a little bit of a difference in, in player searches and, and player types that you go after. Can you tell us a little more about that for the fifth time in a row? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know it's upsetting to our fans, and you know everybody joked about it when it came out, and teams were joking at us, and fans were joking and stuff. And you know, there there are some differences for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and some style of play and some some things that way but to be honest that you know you get a schedule and you deal with it and, and you move on and let's go back to the European model right some years Liverpool has to go to uh, the kind of team Bolton some years <laughs> they don't you just deal with it yeah you know I think there are some there are some differences that we looked at in our recruitment um, of what you know it's going to take to compete in the east um, we get to renew some, some rivalries we get to meet some new friends it stinks that you know some of the teams out west that we enjoy seeing and playing and yeah. competing against. We're not going to see them, so that's the, for us as a club. That's the only part that that stinks. Mm -hmm. um, but it's great for our supporters and our fans. More road trips, you know, more uh, supported away games. But even the west, I mean, I think every game we played in the west, we had at least one supporter there, which is crazy. You it know, is crazy about. So <laughs> we're really looking forward to what that can mean traveling to Nashville and Memphis and. Um, Louisville, obviously, and Indy. So, you know, I hate this. I hate to saying it is what it is, but it is what it is, and we're, you know, we're ready to move on. But it did provide some content, and some some great uh, banter <laughs> for a little for a little bit there. It always does. Uh, I always get a nice wake up call whenever that news is announced from all my friends. Um, you mentioned not seeing certain teams, and um, with with it being a full home and home schedule we won't be having any cross con uh, conference play so um, this year that's that's going to go down that way but do you see a central down the road for sure or still up in the air could we also i'm just going to go let you fill it put this in the same conversation could we go central next year and then mls with the following year or a couple years after that yeah there's just so much out there right? you don't know. <laughs> i mean we were we really thought a year ago at this time that there would be a central conference. I didn't even think Jake, you know, made some statements that way. And yeah. well, I said no fault of his own, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, things change and, um, you know, clubs reorganize and clubs, you know, now have moved down League One or taken hiatus or maybe some things that were planned didn't come in. So, look, we don't point fingers. I mean, we thought we were heading that way too. Um, and that would have been even, even more exciting because some of those people, like you said, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, that we're not going to see in the regular season, maybe we still could have seen, but mm -hmm. um, it's hard to say. I think as the landscape continues to change and um, geographically as things fill in, maybe there will be a central conference at, at some at some time. But um, again, we'll we'll give us a schedule and we'll we'll play. We'll be there. We'll show up exactly. and we'll, we'll try to win. Um, so let's let's do cover con uh, MLS. I was trying to look up. I couldn't find out what year we could enter if we wanted to. Uh, but you're part of this organization, and, and just the other day they posted how this organization would fit into the MLS into the MLS club if it were to happen. So I'm curious about your crossover already. Currently, if you're part of those conversations at all, we'll start with that. Yeah, we're yeah. So we're operating 2019 and. For the foreseeable future, as we have mm -hmm. FC, um, you're not going to see any any uh, remarkable changes in how we do our business here in 19. Hopefully, we're better on the field, off the field, yeah. of course, right? We're striving for those things, but um, there's not going to be sudden like, wow, that's for the future. That's not what we're doing here in 19. Um, and then we just have to, you know, play it, you know, 
as it comes, so to speak. So uh, I think it's exciting um, for the city of St. Louis and, and for just a lot of different reasons here. I think um, you know just everything that's evolving downtown and everything that this could mean could be exciting. But you know, we said it from day one that we, we enjoy this league. We're a big part of this league. We enjoy it, um, and we're going to continue to push uh, push along in it. So um, you know, we're, I'm fully planned on. All right, March 9th, how are we going to beat our new friends from Indy? Mm -hmm. Our staff is, and what's preseason looking like? Uh, that our day-to-day -day focus is there, 100%. Yeah, and, and part of um, you know who we're going to be facing this year, one of those teams will be Nashville. We got to avoid the Cincinnati mess last year, uh, which was kind of nice, actually. But um, this year we'll be facing Nashville, who has been adding uh, good attackers um, as far as historical uh, statistics. Um, are you watching them closely and what they're doing and how they're doing it, Cincinnati and Nashville, and just in case? Yeah, I think, uh, look, I'm knee deep into Sunderland Until I Die or whatever that is on Netflix right now. You're always looking for it, right? <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah. you, you, know, you watch everything, and, and um, I think here in the U.S., you're looking at clubs that have come in and have made noise or clubs that are moving along and doing some things. So I'm personally fortunate that at Cincinnati, uh, Luke Sassano and I, um, I've had some chats about some different things, even going back to last year when we were looking at some, some loans, and then obviously we signed two guys from there this year. So, yeah. you, you know, how's it going, Luke? What's, you know, what's your scouting structure looking like? Just, you know, just whatever the future brings, you're always, you're always learning, you're always um, asking questions. Same thing with Mike Jacobs at Nashville. You know, so obviously we had the Michael Cox uh, trade with them. So, you know, we have a, Mike and I go way back. And so you're always, you know, picking each other's brains and asking questions. So, yeah, you're looking to see how, how teams are making adjustments, but at the same time, I'm also looking at Sacramento, and you know, they've gone through, it looks like they're going through a whole rebuild, so yeah. what is Simon and his staff going to do out there? So in my role and for a club that has aspirations of, of being the best in the USL, you're always looking, you're always seeing what things are going, what's Bob Lilly got up his sleeve? You know, mm -hmm. What are they going to do out in Pittsburgh? Um, you know, how are they going to, you know, I think Bob's ultimate goal is to give up less than eight goals in a season if he can. So what's he doing? You're always, you always have to be learning. Um, but those teams being close to us or those clubs in the Midwest, you definitely are, are looking at, um, you know, how are they playing up for some sure. Yeah, and where do you fall as far as, um, you know, Cincinnati was able to use quite a bit of MLS money, and I'm not sure the rules behind it, but, you know, how do you feel about how, how that went down? And what Nashville will probably do, you have to assume? Yeah, it's a difficult one to comment on. I think the only thing that I will say is nobody got upset when Drogba played in Phoenix. Right? Yeah. I mean, they, they found a way to make it fit with him. Um, this is not going to happen. But what if Josh Sargent, they said, hey, you know what, he needs 10 games this summer. They're going to loan him to us. <laughs> should, should we not take it? <laughs> right. That Would we not? That's right. a really That's not gonna happen. Let me say it again. Good point. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, so same jersey color. You can just yeah, wear the Werner Bremen. Um, and he is a real homegrown. Um, yeah. So maybe. But um, look, it's just the, the game is evolving quickly over here, and things like this are gonna happen. And I think mm -hmm. um, look, it's a lot better this way than it was years ago when. We didn't have you know, this many professional outdoor opportunities for fans and, and coaches and, and people and players. So you have to roll with it. It, it always, you know, I saw all the stuff about Cincinnati. Oh, they're going to do that. And okay, I get it. 
But then here's Drogba, who, you know what I mean? He's just yep. nothing against him, but he just dropped into Phoenix and sometimes was there, sometimes wasn't. Nobody seemed to have a problem with that one. It's um, true. And then other guys come in on loans. Daniel, Daniel Rios was on loan from Chivas. Look what he did. And now he signed an MLS deal. This is football, man. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you just got to roll with it the worldwide game like we were saying earlier so um yeah in some ways i kind of like it because it's it's like that all around the world right. you know there's no uh there's no salary cap you can bring in whoever you want so i'd almost like the freedom more than anything else agree okay cool well, we're gonna end on that note as far as the usl show is concerned um i'm really glad that everyone got to hear jeremy talk on on a broader scope so that was really fun and uh if you want to hear more about st louis specifically uh listen to stl soccer report episode that'll have this and the following comments otherwise goodbye and thank you All right, that's it. Like I said, um, that's it for the USL show. Uh, again, if you want to go to STL Soccer Report to listen to the rest, please do that. You can find it on bgn.fm. Um, otherwise, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, again, uh, not again. I, I do want to say also that my microphone cut out, so I'm sorry about all the background noise. You know, my my mobile interview rig is nothing if not slightly ghetto. So thanks for dealing with that, and uh, thanks for dealing with the rest of the show. I'm not going to say anything else for the rest of the show. It'll just be the interview with Jeremy if you're on the STL side. Otherwise, thanks for listening. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk more specifically about St. Louis FC. Um, let's talk about last year. Let's talk about just in general everything that happened and how you felt about the season. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting season. You know, I think um, you know a lot of a lot of good moments and you know exciting things, and you know not without its pitfalls at certain points. Mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, the, the low, low point for me was that stretch around the Vegas game where you know, we just registered about maybe three shots on goal in three games. And um, you're just starting to scratch your head saying, look, we haven't been this team. We aren't this team. How are we going to make sure we get out of this? And credit 100% goes to the players. You know, they kept mm -hmm. that locker room together because of the character of the guys in there and the quality of the guys in there and the, the drive that those guys had. And in the leadership, um, you know, of Anthony and the staff to, to push us through those dark days, and and then we went on a, a great run. And you know, one of the more enjoyable stretches of games for me at any level, youth level to to college, to the academy, to this, was just that stretch of games where it was just you could smell it, and we were just rolling and rolling and rolling. So, um, a fun year, a learning year again uh, for our club, our organization, Anthony some of our players, you know, their first time in St. Louis. Uh, expectations of our fans and supporters uh, is different than other places some of these guys have played, and they said that in the exit interviews. Hmm. Uh, you know, they couldn't, uh, not they couldn't imagine, they they weren't expecting when it got so low for it to get so dark. Uh, I said, welcome to the Midwest, and welcome yeah. to a working class city that expects, you know, an effort, even if the results aren't there. I think our effort was always there, and I think um, they sh you know, showed that. But, um, you know, just constantly uh, trying to improve and 
just a sense of relief for a lot of people when we got that playoff bid. And, you know, um, you know, and unfortunately the playoff game didn't go our way, but we learned from from that as well. And um, here we go, season five, baby. Let's 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 roll. Let's roll. Um, I love that you pointed out the locker room and, and the character of the guys. That was truly evident um, from talking to them and just outside looking in. Um, you know, when it when it did get dark. <laughs> dark, real dark. Yeah. You know, I didn't quite grasp that it was that bad. Um, and I, I, I imagine you're talking about the fans, and, and it did. Or Yeah, no, that, but... Just not only that, but just the natural sense of the players like, oh crap, we're better than this. What do we got to do? And, yeah. And, um, That's another thing. I always got a sense that everyone thought that the team was better than yeah. they were performing. Yeah. So I was at the Vegas game, and I think that was the lowest of lows for me. Uh, maybe the real Grand Valley game at home was tough to swallow, but I was at the Vegas game, and I remember meeting with the coaches after the game, as I always do, um, just debrief, you know, and then with the trainer on injuries and stuff, and then walking through that locker room. Mm -hmm. you could just sense it and I took a red eye home that night uh, probably not the smartest choice but um, I came home right after the game and I just remember you know sitting on, on the plane coming home the team stayed overnight so I didn't travel back and just coming home going all right you know and did we panic did we not did we stay the course and we stayed the course and um, the quality like you said got us out of it but yeah it was that was a tough 24 hours for sure yeah so I definitely want to hear as many as you're willing to tell me about the lessons learned last year um, as far as, you know, Pulis learned a lot last year. Let's start with, like, you know, the, the three shots on goal in however many games. Um, w did you guys, looking back, is there some things that you noticed that caused that or some changes that got us out of that outside of the players themselves? Honestly, no. I mean, I think, um, you know, we tweaked a few little things during that point in the season because of some, some injuries and, and some things that way. But at the end of the day, I think we got out of it because of the quality of the players and the belief that everyone involved ended up showing in the, in the players. And whether that's a fan with a tweet or a coach with a, a video session with a player, because mm. we just dug our, our, our heels in and, and just you know, stayed after it and, and uh, got our way through it. So yeah, there's little lessons a along the way that, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have tweaked formations you know, in this game because maybe we should have trusted that guy um, that hadn't gotten some minutes maybe we should have kept the formation the same and just mm -hmm. slid this guy in there that had played a lot of minutes and uh, if you look at the stretch run and we did a little bit more of that um, and trusted in our in our depth and, and the quality that we had and um, it, it worked out for us that was my next point exactly is, is a lot of other things that got us through it was guys playing multiple positions and then the depth of course we got to see Ledbetter get one of those awesome goals which you love to see yeah. right Austin was key for us during a few of those runs yep. of those games 100% yeah playing centrally which he when I first talked to him when he got um, released by FC Dallas he said he could play right back center back and defensive midfield he played all of those last year right. yeah. maybe not center back but yeah when we slid him into right back you know um, we got a couple of wins in a row and got some things rolling and you know, I, and look, in the exit interview, Anthony Dolan, he was a huge part during that run with those minutes that he got, and uh, he, he was right. Yeah. Um, so is there another lesson as far as, you know, we got really destroyed by injuries, which seems at some point to happen on most teams um, every year. Is that a lesson learned, or is it just this worked, we rolled with it, and it kind of worked? 
Yeah, I mean, people aren't going to want to hear this, but some of those are just fluke things. I mean, kicking the bottom of somebody's foot in training. Right. Um, going to, uh, to turn and hit a ball and rolling your ankle, like Corey did. I mean, those are just fluke things. Mm -hmm. Some of the other things we continue to, to make some improvements and some strides on. Um, I think as a, as a staff, you look at, um, at some things every year and, and you try to tweak and, and clean up some of those things. But we just had, you know, Tony Wall has a calf injury. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've been involved with a team where somebody had a calf injury. It's mm -hmm. usually a hamstring or a groin or an ankle or, heaven forbid, a knee, but a calf injury. It was just weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have done a full evaluation and uh, things internally and, and we'll tweak and, and, and make those changes. Uh, it's, a, it's a big piece of our off season and still is. Uh, with a smaller roster, it's something that we have to really, really key in on um, for 2019 to make sure that uh, we have more guys available. On the flip side is, we had some guys that didn't miss a minute mm -hmm. and played a lot. So, it's something that we're, you know, hopefully we don't have some of those awkward ones and then we get some things better on our end. I'm going to blindside you with a question a little bit. Um, we almost affiliated, or there were rumors of affiliation with Minnesota. We got a lot of our uh, loaners from Orlando last year, and they have a League One team this year. So will there be any thoughts of an affiliation this year or not really? We're open to discussion, mm -hmm. um, and we've had some discussions with some teams. I think with the affiliation, um, you know, we've learned a lot. I think other teams in the league have learned a lot, too. If you look at Phoenix, they went on their run with oh, yeah. guys from two different clubs. So Huge. Um, we're probably uh, more open to, uh, you know, getting a loan that fits our specific needs. Uh, if we need a certain position, you prefer the long-term loans uh, over the short-term. But, you know, we got through some things last year because of some of the guys that came in and, and really were able to, to help us when we needed it, uh, whether that was, you know, Tony from down Orlando or De Silva, um, you know, different guys that came in. So we're always open to, uh, to discussions and talking. Uh, there's nothing on the table right now. Um, we're not holding back anything. Nice. <laughs> we're having you know good conversations with a lot of clubs about some specific uh, needs that we have and players and what does that look like. But uh, we'll just kind of take it as a common. You know, that would be the other lesson too. Is you know, we we didn't panic. I don't think. Whereas maybe in years past. Um, I could say I know in years past, specifically in, in 2017, we panicked and brought in some guys that at the end, they, you know, unfortunately, they weren't able to help us. This year, we just, you know, just held tight, held tight. And the Michael Cox move was something that we had looked at for, for weeks, and, um, and I'm glad we were able to pull that off. Uh, you know, Tyler uh, Pollock was a, a player that uh, we liked in preseason, and we, we knew all year long that um, Aiden's going to leave. And we're going to need somebody else. Yeah. And you know, it just worked out with Tyler when he finished up with Miami. He was able to make a smooth transition. So those were planned things. Howdy um, Jepson is a kid that we knew about um, from his time in Green Bay and some combines last year. And he was agent and just didn't make sense for us. And mm -hmm. then we tracked him in the PDL. He came in, trained with us, did a good job. We brought him back for another training stint, did another good job. And then we made that move and it turned into obviously him getting picked up with his option. So we didn't pan we didn't press the panic button and that's why we had some dark days. Yeah. Or maybe in years past we would have maybe brought in a guy, brought in a guy, brought in a guy. We maybe would have got through those dark days. Maybe they would have been gray instead of dark. Mm -hmm. But they weren't really going to help us once we got out of it. And this year it was dark, but because of those calculated moves that we did, uh, we were able to, to get out of it. Yeah, from the outside looking in again, 
I was worried because you know we saw the signs and it was getting dark even as a fan and and we were like gosh are they going to be able to pull it out you know what are they going to do to change and what I did notice was you held to your guns just like you said and I kept wondering I was like Aiden's going to go Aiden's going to go there's nothing coming down the line that I know right. of right. and you get Polak at the right time he serves his role um, that happened with a few different instances and you just always had someone fill in at the right time and obviously it, it got us into the playoffs. There are a few nerve-wracking moments between you know, Anthony and myself and, and the staff going, all right, uh, who's going to sign next? Mm -hmm. you know, is Anthony going to be a player coach? Uh, could he come back? Could, you know, could Max step in? What academy guy could we do? I mean, we were, we were getting thin there for a bit, but we didn't panic. And, hmm. um, you know, in, in the end, uh, because of that, we, I mean, we got to a good spot. I'm pretty sure I bugged you at one point. It was like, so when's De Silva coming back? When's yeah. De Silva coming back? And then love to get him back. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. And he's, he's but then Orlando realized he was good, right? He's got some good days in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair enough, right? Um, let's talk about offseason. What are you doing right now? What is just your everyday looking like in the offseason? Yeah, so obviously schedule coming out. So now we're, we're fully into travel planning mode. What's that going to look like? How are we going to travel? all those things on the operational side. From a player standpoint, I was up in Detroit yesterday at the Midwest Pro Combine looking at mainly college guys that were mm. up there. Um, you know, uh, last couple pieces of, of roster signing, preseason planning. I think we have a great preseason um, planned. A ton of opportunities to see the guys here ahead of the season uh, locally, which I think is really exciting. A good trip, a different type of trip than we've done in the past. Still staying in the states, but um, you know some some really good things. So a lot of planning, things that way. Spending time with the academy staff, talking about some younger players that we need to bring in, not full time, but bring in occasionally to get some opportunities to look at you know how they're doing and how they react to the pro environment. Um, you know, sitting down meeting with uh, former academy players here over break. You know, I get to sit down and meet with Jack tomorrow and. Tell me what's it like to be an IU Hoosier. Hmm. What's it like to go to the College Cup? How you do what's it, it like to start every game as a freshman? <laughs> uh, do the same thing with Aiden and, and, and Seth. Um, I saw a former academy player yesterday, Anthony Brown, up at that combine, and hmm. Jake Laird. Just how are things going? Good. You like your agent? What's going on? So just a, a lot of time uh, with connections and relationships and, and planning. And you know we're pretty far along with the recruitment, maybe one or two spots left. Uh, but other than that, we're building up and being ready to go so it'll slow down here for a bit but it'll um it's gonna start real real quick very cool well let's talk about players you mentioned a couple sure. there let's just start with them hopefully or maybe there's a chance rather of getting mayor sooner or later and stanley sooner or later <laughs> is that will that be part of the conversation is would you like to come this year no can't no that no? would be that would be crossing the line there i think uh, is that an ncaa rule or no okay just um you know, I think uh, for where they are and, and what they've been able to experience, I think, um, you know, we'll just, how's it going? What's mm -hmm. it like? You know, what can we do to keep, you know, pushing you along? What's your summer going to look like? Yeah. You know, you want to come in and train with us for a couple of weeks. You want to go, you, know, you want to play in the PDL for all summer, a couple of weeks. What's it look like? Yeah. You know, just trying to, to look at those things. Um, I don't, I don't anticipate any you know, shock things happening in terms of, of movement with them. Um, 
you know, but uh, just, you know, keeping in touch and, and maintaining those relationships and seeing where we can help, you know, with some things. So, um, you know, we're doing that with, with a lot of different guys. So, nice. but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time of year for that. Um, two year guys that we re-signed, Tomas Gomez, Sam Fink, Kyle Gregg. It's a pretty good start, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To uh, me, that says uh, you guys did pretty well a year ago, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a good spine, right? You, you bring back your uh, returning yeah. goalkeeper, uh, you know, captain and, and center back to play a lot of minutes, and Sam. Although I will say here publicly, we need Sam to get a few more restart goals next year. Mm -hmm. He knows that. That's yeah. something last year was probably one of his uh, lower production numbers in terms of that. And Knowing him, he's going to attack that with, uh, with some focus here in 19. we got to be a little better there with him on some headers. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you return your leading goal scorer up top, so you, you, feel, you feel good there. In his defense, there were a couple really good saves this yeah, last year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here for you, Sam. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the guys who I think these are picked up options on, is that correct? Um, Jake Fenlison, Sean Reynolds, Fanuel Cavita. Lewis Hilton, Audie Jepson, Austin Martz, Kadeem Dakers, Albert Dequa. Let's talk about those guys. Uh, yeah, a good core of guys. Uh, I mean, if you just you know spend a few seconds here on, on everyone, uh, if we leave someone out, apologies. <laughs> um, Jake did what uh, Jake and uh, and Anthony knew that he could do, and he proved everybody else what he could do. Yeah, not an easy role to to step into. He did it. I think during, you know, after Tomas came back, uh, we had a little bit of a run there where they flopped back and forth between Tomas and Jake because, to be honest, that needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And then Tomas um, talks about it. Yeah. An interview that's going to post next week. Oh, great. And then Tomas kind of, you know, found his rhythm again, and, and we went through with him, you know, into the playoffs. So, uh, but Jake is someone that we, we really like, and um, you know, we know he's going to come in and and try to earn that job, and that's what that guy has to do. So we're excited about him. Sean Reynolds, I mean, look, is there anybody that kind of fits St. Louis more than, than Sean and his mentality and how he really, really likes to play for the fans and what it means to him and making this place a fortress? And, you know, we do a Monday morning front office meeting, uh, you know, every, every Monday, and after the uh, Home opener. I think he had the quote with you uh, and our video guy captured about you know people mm -hmm. got stopped living in the past or something. I used that in our Monday morning meeting, and I still do um, with some things. So I think uh, you know, Sean is is really done well there. So uh, fans versatility is huge. The fact that he can play right back, he can play center back. We challenged him as well on restarts that he needs to try to be a little bit mm -hmm. more proactive on finding some goals. But we uh, we really like him and, and his character. And, things that he's been able to, to do in St. Louis. Lewis, you know, uh, a surprise for some people, not a surprise to, to Anthony or yeah. Lewis. Um, you know, through some injuries and, and some guys in and out of the lineup, he was able to stay consistent. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what he can do as we push him up the field a little bit higher, a little bit more of an attacking role with some of the changes that we're making. He's still a central midfielder, but can he, had good production this year, but can he increase that? So excited about him. Audie, we spoke about, um, he made the most of his opportunities this year, and that did not get overlooked when we made our decision to, to bring him back, because that went at Swope in Seattle, and, and he got his opportunities in games, and every day in training, he made the most of it. So, Martz, uh, love to see him for a full season. You know, how can he impact the game uh, with his pace and his ability to stretch teams? 
Um, and he worked so hard to come back from the injury. You know, I think he, de he deserved the opportunity to come back and, and see what he can do with the season. Um, Kadeem, Kadeem, you know, he knows that we need some more production out of him. Um, he had a streak where he was really, really dangerous and creating some things and um, creating some stuff and some attacking chances for us. We need that more consistently. I think for him, it's a level of confidence and being settled in, which he is now. And then I would say the other thing with Kadeem is here's a guy that, you know, had the collarbone injury and played through the whole game and, you know, and comes back and he's playing with a sling on and stuff. And look, that's a that's a gutsy type of, of character that you want. Um, and then Mr. Dequa, if you see it from the board above your head there, uh, Dequa promised me on what date is that? November 13th Aha, that he was going to get around 10 goals. So we're going to hold him to that. Um, good young kid. <laughs> bold and, statement. Bold statement. I said, are you sure? And, uh, <laughs> And so we marked it up there, but look, he um, he needs to, to to be a better finisher, and he's going to work on it. He's a young young player who causes a lot of problems, and he has a good partnership with Kyle and some of the other attackers that we signed. That we think he can have a you know a good partnership with, uh, with you know, Rivas and, and Cicerone and, and some of those guys. So we uh, we like Albert, and, you know, another guy that acclimated himself to the fans. And supporters really, really well. Um, so we we're excited to see what he can do. He's still, man, he's still, still young. I, mean, I forgot how young he was yeah. till he made that under 22 or whatever it was. Under 20. Turned 21 here in uh, January. Crazy. Yeah. Just the finishing. Yep. Just the fi honestly. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, new guys. Um, Oscar Umar, Guy Abend, Abend, uh, Russell Cicerone. I got you to say that one first for me. Uh, Matt Bonner. And that's it. Joaquin. Joaquin Rivas. Joaquin Rivas, my my favorite of the new signings, if I may pick one. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about those guys individually. Oscar Oscar is a player that when Anthony came in a year ago, uh, he had on his list that you know we needed to try to get. He was under contract. Richmond ended up picking up his option, so we couldn't uh, get him. So he's been on our radar for a while. Uh, good size, athletic player that um, you know, can cover some ground, very similar uh, in terms of what we saw this year out of some of our central midfielders and his willingness to play a ball forward mm -hmm. and stretch the game. He's willing to play a diagonal ball to a wide guy like a Martz or uh, somebody that's sneaking in behind, so he's willing to do that. When tackles, he's good in the air. Um, you know, He's someone that, uh, that you know, has a good upside to him, but we, we really like some of the athleticism that he brings, which will be important in the East. Uh, with Guy, we're getting a proven USL central midfielder. Um, you know, the the moment we had some changes in the center part of the midfield um, from last year's group, we quickly moved on Guy because we knew what he was going to bring. Um, another guy that was a part of a championship in Louisville, a good playoff run this year by Reno. He also had a struggle this year. He was in a you know, for an MLS two environment for all lack of better terms, the hybrid with Reno, which means that there were times that he got bumped in the lineup because San Jose had sent players down. I noticed he didn't have he didn't a ton quit. of minutes. He didn't pout. He didn't, you know, ask to be loaned out or anything like that. He just dug in at the end of the year. He was on the field for that big stretch run that went on. And, um, you know, good defender uh, will allow Lewis to play a little higher up the field and, and do some things. Uh, but we're, we're excited about him for sure. Uh, Russell, um, actually got to see him yesterday in Detroit. He was speaking 
to the kids, the kids, so the players at the combine about his uh, you know, pro journey coming from hmm. Michigan Bucks player and from that area and stuff. So it's good to see him and catch up. A versatile player that can play a couple of different spots. He can play either side on the outside mid. He can play underneath. He can play up top. Uh, good goal scoring record uh, at the college and uh, PDL level hasn't translated yet, which I know may freak people out. Relax, you know. At the uh, pro level, was in a different system at Portland. Got a ton of minutes there. Um, goes to Cincinnati. Gets picked up there. Uh, doesn't get the number of minutes, and then uh, went on a run where we got you know a good run of minutes. And speaking with the Cincinnati guys, it was a very very difficult decision whether to take him or or not take him hmm. to MLS. We like his versatility. He's got something to prove on the goal scoring side. We've got a good track record with those guys coming in and, and, and wanting to do something that way. But he fits. I mean, he fits just uh, he's going to work, man. And he's going to give us good versatility, which with that smaller roster is important. Um, and then Matt is a proven, he's a proven pro. He can play right back, left back. You know, oh. And then some good environments. Um, and uh, another guy that uh, really fits. You know that character that he's been through some really high days and, and some dark days, and he's going to be able to help the locker room with that too. So, um, and then Joaquin, um, you know, going back to that bomb he scored against us, yeah. uh, Herman, when we had that preseason game. Um, it's burned into my memory. Yeah, and um, he's someone that's really starting to click. Got you know he's got his first international goal with El Salvador. Um, you know, I keep in touch with Irvin, and Irvin's like, Jeremy, you got a good one there, man. He can play. He can play as a 10. He can play wide. Um, you know, he, he brings a good attacking presence. So uh, we knew we had to adapt uh, and adjust to the goal scoring side. So we feel we brought some guys in that can either help some current guys do more or can do some goal scoring on, uh, as well on their own. So. We're excited. It's all got to come together as always. Uh, you know, it looks great on paper. Mm -hmm. you know, it looks great on a marker board, but it's got to come together. But we brought in a good level of character, guys that fit the locker room, guys that fit the culture, guys that fit St. Louis, and um, you know, we, we feel can can make us better. Okay, so you, um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited as well, and um, you can already hear you talking about different changes. I think one worry that fans maybe have is that. When Wafal got his stuff together, he was able to kind of unlock our attackers a little bit better all of a sudden. Um, but a lot of other things happened at the same time, so that may or may not be the reason. But he's gone for sure, so um, I imagine uh, you guys are working on something, perhaps Hilton being higher to kind of counter that possibility. Yeah, I mean, you look—you have to look at everything when you, when a player like that doesn't return. You know, who was so influential? How do you, you know, how do you adjust? How do you do something? So. Whether that means perhaps uh, a shift in formation, like I said, maybe playing with an underneath forward instead of two forwards. You have to look at all those things. We're not going to let the guys get here, but we plan for some versatility again, whether that's three in the back or four in the back, and we tweaked some things last year when we needed to. Mm -hmm. um, Anthony uh, will always look at things very, very in depth and, and how do we need it to move forward. So. We have good versatility of the group. Like I said, it does allow some of these moves, allow some other guys to move into some different spots or us to maybe play a little bit different in some in some ways. But they all add to kind of what has been built this past year, a willingness to go forward quickly in transition, a willingness to catch teams um, off guard, 
It'll be more difficult in the Eastern Conference because teams are typically more compact, a little bit more defensive mm. oriented that way. Um, but we know we have some ability here to, to still do what we did last year. And if you look at some of the goals that we scored last year, we're just created off of taking a chance. I mean, the first goal Kyle scored against Colorado Springs is because Lewis just clipped the ball behind. Yeah. You know, it was just like a ball bouncing to him, and he's like, screw this, I'm not going to try to bring it down and play this guy and play that guy and play that guy. Something might happen here. And he did it, and we got the goal out of it. This group has, and that's just one example, right? Of course, yeah. But there's other examples where we did that. This group has a similar mindset, and so we, we feel pretty, pretty good about some of the pieces we put together. And a few more to announce yet, too. Nice. Um... Any clues there? What positions, uh, perhaps? No, another, it's okay if you can't. Yeah, another forward, mm -hmm. and I would say uh, another defender, and then another guy that is versatile that can play right or left side. Um, nice. Has had a history of playing in the back and the right and left, and in the midfield right and left. So, you know, some some more versatility there uh, on the attacking side. And, and has has scored a. Both of them have scored a handful of goals as well, so hmm. excited. Very nice. Um, you reminded me before we started about uh, two of our academy signings from last year um, on the academy. You know, they're, they're still eligible for academy NCAA. Contract, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Lawson Redman and Patrick Schulte, a goalkeeper. Yeah, so both those guys will be back with us. Um, Lawson is someone that we brought in uh, May and June to start getting his feet wet. And then once the academy was over, he was with us full time. Continuing to play at the academy as well, do the same thing with Patrick. Obviously, they both filled in to the shoes of um, you know Seth and Aiden, mm -hmm. um, you know to come in there and get their feet wet. So they'll be with us from day one. They both acclimated really, really well um, and you know, done a good job for us. And we'll have a couple more uh, full-time academy contract guys, uh, two other guys that have, have been around the program and have been around the first team and have done a good job with it. So we're we're excited about. Uh, it's part of our part of our roster, it's a part of our success, um, and so we need these guys to come in and, and have an impact, and I think uh, all of them are going to do that, and you know, it's, uh, it's exciting, it's mm -hmm. exciting to kind of see it you know, come together. Yeah, a lot of, <coughs> a lot of moving parts, and uh, it's becoming more and more normalized, I feel like, every year. Um, pulling up, I saw, I was surprised, there's uh, no green on the field right now. <laughs> So, um, looks like, is it a new one again? Because I know you just replaced it last year. Yeah, so the turf uh, stadium field was two years old. Uh, we're replacing it. Okay. And um, you know, we're going to move that to a, a spot here at the park to add another turf uh, you know, training field for the youth and game field for the youth. And then we'll have a FIFA certified uh, turf here for the first time in the stadium. So we're really excited oh. about that. What does that entail? Um, certification you can make your own judgments on what that means okay <laughs> um, uh, my judgment might be that someone got more money than intended yeah, uh, but we'll move there on you go. <laughs> uh, you not me. Um, it's the same surface that monarchs had okay and the same one that is at uh, the National Training Center in Kansas City cool same company and our guys really liked uh, the monarch surface and, and, and such that way so um, you know just more progress we got a win away on that service. So. Uh, Monarchs, we got a tie. Oh. That, that one felt like a win. Felt like a win. Yeah. It did indeed. Yeah. Um, we win the next, or then a couple of days later at Swope in case anybody had forgotten about that. There we go. 
can't forget that. another one burned into my memory in a good way. Uh, the other cool news was that uh, Pulis got his A license, for uh, pro license. Pro license. Oh, okay. What's so what's the difference? Because I messed that up a year ago, yeah, actually. No, so there is an A youth, an A pro, and then above those, and it's probably the wrong word to use, but then there's a pro license that you have to be an active uh, pro coach, um, any of the pro levels, NWSL, NLS, USL, you know, any of the above. And it's a year-long thing. It's crazy. So mm. uh, there's two on-site visits. So it start, started last year for Anthony in Orlando around the MLS Combine and USL technical meetings. So he was there for a full week, um, comes back, a bunch of projects, things to work on, and then one of the instructors is here for an entire week. And he's in everything. Like Anthony goes to the bathroom, this guy goes there with him. I mean, it's crazy. Wow. Um, we have player meetings, the guy's in there. And so, it, it, not intrusive, and it was awesome. I don't want yeah. to sound like a bad thing, but that's how it's intense program is yeah um and then anthony had to go to kansas city to the track to the national training center during our season so we had to miss about three or four days of training hmm. um which you think is weird but happens all over the world and, okay you know, it's pretty normal um and then uh then that instructor came back later in the season for a week and then anthony finished up in chicago for a week with final presentations and things that wow. way so it's a really intense program and just I think it goes to show the type of guy that we have there um, and trying to be better mm -hmm. trying to you know if you're gonna ask the players to be better you better do the same of, of yourself so again another sign of good progress there and uh, really excited and pleased that he was able to, to do that very cool well I think that's everything I had is there anything you want to say in closing no I mean I just uh, you know, as they say on the, on the radio, if anybody's still listening at this time, <laughs> we appreciate yeah. all the support, um, all of the push to really make this club what we all envision it can be. And we are, uh, we have been and have uh, for a while set, you know, we're setting you know, the bar of what this culture is going to become when we're all long, long gone. Uh, and it's really cool to see. And uh, just you know, want to thank everybody for, you know, for believing in us and pushing us along. And, you know, we've got... Uh, we don't take it for granted, and we know we got to back it up here in 19 and, and be even better, and that's the plan. Well said. Um, thank you for listening so long, everyone. I know I enjoy these conversations, so thanks for talking me, to me for so long. Anytime.